Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Tuesday, January 24th. Hope you had a, uh, a spectacular weekend for yourself. I'm Mike Marshall at Machine Sports. He is Jacob Kemp at Not Jack, not Jack Kemp um, on Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked On Mavs. Um, and we are brought to you by SeatGeek, uh, the SeatGeek app in particular. If you want to get out there to maybe uh, U2 with the Lumineers in May, maybe uh, – an Eric Church show, maybe some Dave Matthews uh, at the end of January. You need to get those tickets via SeatGeek because it's the simplest way to do it. They've taken a really real pain in the ass process and made it quite uh, quite satisfying for you. They gather up all the tickets from the other brokers, put them in one spot for you, so you don't spend time hopping around the internet searching for the best deals. They're right in front of you, um, and you can uh, click on your seat, see the sight line. They'll grade them for you. In fact, uh, standard traffic light rules apply. Green is good, red is bad on the value, and then. They want to save you a little bit of money, and we do too. So if you download the SeatGeek app, bottom right corner, that's your Me tab or your Me, uh, your me page, which is basically your accounts or uh, settings tab. Right in the middle, it says enter a promo code. Guess what? You're entering a promo code, and that's going to be LOMAVS, as in Locked on Mavs, will be the promo code and save you 20 bucks off your first purchase via the SeatGeek app. Thank you, SeatGeek, and everybody, please uh, go use that. Honestly, we use it a lot, and uh, we enjoy it, so check it out. Um, let's see, episode number 73. Jacob, how are you, friend? Doing well, dude. Doing well. Awesome. It was uh, a weird weekend for the Mavs. They were competitive against a team that I By the way, I'm going to I'm going to hit that Jazz over and I'm going to hit that win total probably on the nose. Let's see what we had. I've I got think I had 50. Here. Yeah, I got him somewhere. I think I had him at 45. <laughs> I took uh, 53, and I think they're on pace for 52 and a half, or, or not on pace for 52 and a half. Their win percentage levels out to 52 or 53. Nice. And they're also, let's see, I had them finishing. That would have made them, I guess that still would have made them, yeah, I had the Clippers at 52. So I think they're going to finish third. Yeah, now that Chris Paul's out, that throws a real uh, real wrench in the whole uh, whole system. Yeah, so I but guess I'm also going to be off by a considerable amount uh, on the Mavericks, but I want to get into today um I guess it's just making excuses for your for ourselves like why <laughs> sure. we were wrong about them, but I'm going to be way wrong about the Timberwolves, obviously. Yeah. Um and we'll talk I about won't. them in a second too, but yeah, you won't. Um I don't remember what their over under was. I just know I went uh, to 40. 41.5 is their so over So I guess that's under. crazy. I went to 40 and I was under. Yeah, I went 39. Um, but a lot of people had him at, a lot of people had him as like 45 wins or 48. Well, so, um, so Friday night, 
Mm -hmm. I was super worried about what was going to happen in that game since the Mavericks have been playing their uh, five-out lineup that uh -huh. worked pretty well against Chicago and whatnot. Like, Utah is the the complete opposite of the spectrum where they don't even know if they can play the two bigs they have together for the other reason. Yeah. And I don't know. On one hand, yes, Rudy Gobert had 25 rebounds. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, they only got out-rebounded by like 10 or 11. Yeah, that's so, not a ton and, and, versus Utah. And, no, it's not. And they were – obviously, they forced overtime. Uh, they should have had a look to win it at the end of the game, but the refs missed the Mavericks trying to call a timeout, which is just insane to me because the second I see a team grab a loose ball with two minutes left, if I'm a ref, I'm looking at the sideline. Yeah, you're getting that timeout. Because no one's going to care if there's a foul. No. Like, there's no foul to call. You can basically tackle someone with two minutes left in the game or two seconds left in the game and – no one's going to expect you to call it, but they are going to expect you to hit that timeout call. That's the, so, one, that's the one thing you have to be looking for. <laughs> you would think. You would think that with the, you know, the two refs out there, one of them would have got it. They didn't get it. They go to overtime. So even though like the rebounding didn't kill them on balance for the game, it did kill them in overtime because no one boxed out Gobert on one of his mm -hmm. five missed free throws in overtime. <laughs> uh, and Joe Johnson buried them. Yeah, in the, uh, the year of the calf continues as uh, yep. J.J. Brea has strained uh, the same calf, I think, in a third different area somehow. And uh, Rick, I heard Rick talk before um, Sunday's game and basically saying that he's never seen anything like this to a guy for a guy to injure the same exact muscle like in three different areas, which, I don't know, it seems kind of um, intuitive to think about, okay, um, you're – overemphasizing one part of your calf so you're running a little weird or something. But I just found that kind of bizarre that Rick's never seen anything like that. So, yeah, we get the loss Friday night against the Jazz in overtime. Um, and then Sunday oh. – <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say that you see what they did on Sunday, which is that they – I think that even though they're not better than Utah, I would never say that. They can play with anybody because I think that on average they are about what I thought – we thought they were going to be, mm -hmm. which is when even like kind of healthy, they're about – a 500 team. Yeah. Um, the Sunday game, real quick before we get to uh, them being able to compete with everybody, because I got some numbers for that. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how the Lakers just give no Fs about Sundays in general. Uh, even when you're, like, playing in their building, it's really funny. But uh, they made three threes in, in a game. Uh, they had one player score north of 10 points, which is, like, really difficult to do. The uh, Lakers. The Lakers, yeah. There have been 1,300-plus games this season, and a team has only made three or fewer threes 31 times, just to put that in perspective. Um, and then, Damn. so they, they can compete with anybody um, right now, and the numbers back that up, because in their last 10 games overall, they have a 107.4 offensive rating, which is good for 13th in the league, which is slightly above average. They have a 103.8 defensive rating, which is seventh in the league. Um, and they're a plus 3.6 in the net rating over the last 10 games, which is good for sixth in basketball. So they're, they're outplaying themselves um, from what they did earlier in the season. Obviously, injur injuries factor into that, but they're playing like a top 10 team. Um, I would go, I go back to the, I go back a little bit further to widen the sample size mm -hmm. to the four and 17 mark. And there are a couple things about that. One, it was the game where the the Kings just kicked their heads in at home, and then Rick made them have the 
uh, post-game film session, which is essentially unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they got Curry back the next game. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Seth Curry is the key to this team's success. But I'm also gonna not tell you that he isn't. <laughs> I mean, like, like he might, he's like their third best player right now. He's been really good since he came back, man. I think and so. I, yeah, go ahead. I think I saw Bobby tweeting some uh, Bobby Corrala, good follow if you're into anything Mavs. Uh, tweeting some like pick and roll numbers of where his like turnover percentage was up near like almost 16 percent on pick and roll situations, and now it's down near 11. So he's he's figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, in in that stretch, which is 23 games, he's only had six starts. Actually, it's the last six games he started. But in 26 minutes, he's given you 11-3 and three with only one turnover and 52% from three. That's bananas. In that stretch, the Mavs, like you said, sixth in net rating over um, over 10 games. But mm-hmm. offensively over that uh, this stretch I'm speaking of, which is 23 games, they're, well, they're 11-12 and 12 overall. Mm-hmm. Offensively, they're 10th and defensively they're 18th I'm almost positive that you could find numbers of us saying before the season that I thought the Mavericks would be 10th and 18th but I thought it would be flipped yeah because I thought they were going to play Bogut a lot more and I thought they'd be about the 10th best defensive team and about the 18th the 20th best offensive team Mm -hmm. either way on balance if you do that you're going to be right in the middle their net rating right now during that stretch is 13th yeah and the teams that are around them have similar records Charlotte Indiana, Milwaukee, Memphis, those are the teams around them in net rating during that stretch. And I think they're about as good as all of those teams. The one thing that is consistent is that their overall rebound percentage during that stretch is dead last. Yeah, they don't do that very well. I mean, if you're not playing Bogut and you're not playing Finney Smith. Mm -hmm. When you can't play Finney Smith, I was looking at some lineups today. And, dude, when he's on the basketball court for them, their offense is just garbage. Like, right. it's so bad. All the bad lineups that are below, like, a uh, – okay, <laughs> top six lineups they've used. One of them has an 80.8 offensive rating. Guess who's playing the uh, the three in that in that lineup? Finney Smith. One of them has a 91.4 offensive rating. Guess who's playing the three in that lineup? Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me, man. No. it's just, I mean, he's just, he's just a stand-out-there guy. Um, and that's fine um, for stretches, but you just look at these lineups, and a couple of them just stand out, and it's – very easy to find the causation. Um, and the thing is, like, I got some other numbers about them creating open shots that we kind of talked about last week. Um, they, haven't, they haven't changed their pace. Like, their pace is exactly the same. They're just doing it better. And a lot of it, I think, does go back to Seth Curry and how well he shoots the, the three and how well he gets open. But uh, they were running this pace at the beginning of the season. Everyone was quoting their, like, po- point-per-game allowed totals. And I was like, that's fraudulent. Get out of here. That's stupid. There's only like, you know, 85 possessions in a Maverick game now, so it didn't make any sense. But now that they're running that pace and they're actually defending and creating open shots, it's starting to work a little bit. Um, And since January 8th, that's whenever they uh, actually started playing pretty well um, from a wins-loss total. Um, Prior to the January 8th, the Mavericks offense was creating 16.8 wide open shots per game. That's open by six-plus feet, so no one's around you. You ran the play, you executed it perfectly, you're wide open. Make this shot. 16.8 a game. Since January 8th, they're generating 19 wide open shots a game. So just think about that. That's usually six or seven more points a game. Yeah, exactly. That that makes all the difference in the world. 
and the shooting percentages are off obviously uh, higher. They're shooting actually since January 8th, they're shooting above 40% from three. So all these are going to be way up. Um, but yeah, shooting almost 48% on those said shots on the wide open shots. And prior to that, it was 42%. So it all just kind of folds into each other. And then you have like a tidal wave of the Mavs being number six in net rating since, uh, since the last 10 games. Yeah, but I guarantee you they're still last in rebounding during that time. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. The, uh, the Barnes, Curry, Matthews, uh, Dirk, D-Will lineup, mm-hmm. which has now seen almost 100 minutes together, has an offensive rating of 112, which would put them, you know, that's near death lineup type stuff. Yeah. In fact, I could probably find that out pretty quickly. Um, or, you know, new which, death lineup. Which one? Darren... Uh... The, the starting lineup they've played the last six games. Okay, so Barnes, Curry, Matthews, Dirk, and D-Will, that's 111.8 for a plus yeah. 1.1, yeah. And the rebounding, obviously, you mentioned it's 45.7, which is just think, Dude, of, I was, yeah, just think about it. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, the new death, that's what the death lineup, quote-unquote, from Golden State had last year. Uh-huh. The one this year, when they replace um, – I guess it would be Livingston with Durant. Curry, Durant, Green, Iguodala, and Clay is at 121. Damn. But they also have a defensive rating of 98. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, oh, man. I wanted, right. to, uh, I wanted to update my little uh, Dirk and Wes hypothesis that I had a couple weeks ago. You remember that? That I don't think they can share the floor very much anymore. Um, and I kind of, I've kind of extrapolated the idea, and I think that it's – where Dirk and um, Wes like to generate offense, Wes is obviously the wing. He's at, you know, whatever it would be, like your 3 o'clock. Uh, if you're standing underneath the basket, your 3 o'clock or your, or your 9 o'clock. And um, I think they don't work well on the court together because they take up a lot of um, the space basically right behind where Harrison Barnes would like to work. Like Dirk is at the elbow high, and then Wes is at the, the – um, the angle, basically the three o'clock and the nine o'clock, like five feet back from where Harrison Barnes would cook from. Um, but since December 23rd, since Dirk came back, basically, uh, and has been playing regular minutes, the two-man lineup of Dirk and Wes has the worst offensive rating of any two-man lineup on the Mavericks at 97.4. Or 90, wow. yeah, 97.4. Um, the worst of any two-man pairing. So it's not changing, and I don't know how you fix it because you have to start both those dudes, but they need to – they need to work better together. <laughs> That's just how that works. Um, or don't. Oh, yeah, or don't, or slide one to the bench, like we've yeah. talked about for most of the season. So since uh, this weekend, since uh, the overtime against the Jazz and then the Lakers game, the updated projections via 538 is 31-51 and 51, um, for the sixth pick is where that would be in the NBA um, draft. They're tied in the projections with the Suns and with the Pelicans at the moment. Um, and I don't know if you noticed the wheels off NBA uh, nonsense that was happening last night. But um, on Friday night, the Nets dropped 143 points on the Pelicans and like ran them out of the building. And then last night, <laughs> the Pelicans run off and beat the Cavs without Anthony, yeah. without Anthony Davis. Um, the Warriors effed around and let Deion Waiters drop 33 on them, including a game-winning, like, idiot pull-up three. 
uh, with 0.6 seconds left in the game. It was just the most bizarre night to be doing um, highlights at Fox. But, um, so yeah, there's your updated projections. There's your, uh, there's your numbers for us. Did you have any other, any other numbers you wanted to get to? Bradley Beal's probably not going to get traded anymore. Oh, uh, are the Wiz playing well? Yeah. Yikes. And they're going to pass Atlanta. Yeah, I would definitely I mean, think eventually, so. eventually, although Falwell told me the other night that, like, a lot of people, the money people involved in the Hawks, which is probably just means, like, season ticket holders. Little John. We're, yeah, Little John. We're really pissed. Uh, Jermaine Dupree, we're really pissed <laughs> that they moved Corver and that now they're not going to move Millsap. Yeah, like, you can't halfway – you're not halfway pregnant. <laughs> that's all, but that's what they should have just not moved him. Yeah, exactly. Stick with your squad if you're going to make a playoff push. But I still think that that's going to end up – although they're getting production from other places and still playing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, they're fine for an Eastern Conference team right now. They're fine, but – They get quite a bit from Hardaway. Yeah. I mean, I would – weren't they just asking like a second-round pick for him? Like, sign me up on that, dude. I don't know it's probably um, recency bias and <laughs> – um, there's a thing, such thing as like observation bias because I saw him light up the Mavericks <laughs> a couple weeks ago. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take the future of Tim Hardaway Jr. for a second round pick, please. I'm fine with that. Um, uh, we should probably hold the. This other thing's gonna take a whole show, and we don't have a game tonight. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, but I will throw it out, and if anybody hears this and wants to give their response, um, so we can just sort of read some replies. Clap back. The question is, right now, Andrew Wiggins or Harrison Barnes? And by right now, I mean you got them for the foreseeable future. Yeah. You're, you're, they're on your team right now, and they're on your team going forward. And I think before this year, obviously, that would have been an insane proposition. Mm-hmm. But their games are pretty similar. Yeah. And their numbers are insanely similar. Yeah. So the no, question you'd be comp. asking is, can – can Wiggins get even better? Mm-hmm. Like, who has more room to improve? I don't know. I mean, Wiggins is averaging 21 points a game right now, and Barnes is averaging 20. Yeah. Their PERs are, you know, Barnes has a better PER. Wiggins is a slightly better three-point shooter. Uh, actually, that's not true. He has a – he's about a, a, you know, a hundredth of a percent better this year, but he was <laughs> bad, bad the last two years. Barnes is just having a down year from three. Yeah. Uh, right now, it would be the worst year of his career. And he's not taking more shots from three. Uh, mm-hmm. He's taking way more two-point shots a game, like double his career average. But I don't know. We started talking about this the other night, and I'm like, man, I don't – like." and the problem is is that because Barnes plays for the Mavs, everybody's going to like – you know, I don't know. That, this has not really been very big of a story or mm-hmm. very large of a story, but whereas like the Wolves, everybody was super excited, as we just said. People had him at 40-plus wins. Yeah. But like – Harrison Barnes has become, like, one of the 40 best players in the NBA this year. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, when you look at how much they depend on him to generate offense out of nothing, they just throw it to him and say, do magic. Um, You know, create points in isolation um, and create points in in post-up game whenever you're, (laughs) you know, clearly playing against a player that's bigger than you and probably stronger than you. But uh, he's still crafty enough and has his go-to spots that he's – been elite like he's been top 10 um in both those assets or uh aspects of his game so i i will i mean we'll get to it tomorrow but uh, right. um we mentioned all the things the mavericks are doing well 
and then uh, well, they get the they get the Knicks tomorrow night, which will be interesting at seven thirty, and then <laughs> Thunder Spurs Cavs. So I don't I don't know if it matters how well they're doing things um, over this next week and a half, but we'll uh, we'll get back at it tomorrow. Uh, maybe preview uh, some of those Knicks um, and their troubles that they're going through. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. Good times. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.